Hi, I'm Chris Roberts, and this is Late Night Vacuum. Welcome to the Late Night Vacuum. Is it a microphone? I Honestly, in England, is it a microphone? And we are back with yet another episode of Late Night Vacuum. I am Grocky's one of the two hosts here, as well as Dublar Thackeray, my amazing co-host from across the pond. How are you, sir? I am good. Uh, how are you, Grackies? I'm doing quite well. I'm happy to be back in podcasting. Oh, awesome sauce. And how are all the sexy meatbags who are either watching or listening in? I think okay. they're good. I just heard a shout. I, oh, I, no, that was I'm, more of a I'm screen. sorry. That's the one that I've got restrained in the uh, closet. Oh, for emergencies. Yes. Um, <laughs> so yeah, no man, it's, it's been, um, we didn't do a show last week, uh, cause we were, we, we kind of want to do a show when we think there's stuff to talk about and they were having, uh, like it felt very much like a breather catch up week, but, uh, uh, things are in full swing. Um, we've got plenty of things to talk about. Um, but, uh, before we do that, shall we sink, sir? I think we should. On three, two, one. It's, it's the circle, circle of life. life. We were way off on that one. Totally. We fucked that one up so much. You went way slower than I expected. I've I've heard that. So And um, moving on. <laughs> moving on. Um so uh what have you been up to, sir? How have you been? Oh, this week it's been Star Citizen, Star Citizen, Star Citizen, more Star Citizen, and then some H1Z1 and bad rolls. Now, I've missed a lot of streaming this week because I've just been so heads down and everything. Uh, but was the story you told me about the H1Z1 from this week? Yes, it was from Sunday. Oh, my fucking God. We're going to put the video link in the in the podcast, I think. But uh, very, can you summarize the the taster of it in about thirty seconds? I can in about thirty seconds. So start the clock. One go. All right. So Two, basically, what ended three. up happening okay. was myself and what I call Steve Boom. He is a sentient grenade. Went on a little bit of an adventure through uh, King of the Kill match, where we end up inside a trailer. We go camping. We sit there. I snipe someone in the back of the head. The gas keeps closing in on me. I have to leave it at the very last second. Two people in a gunfight, and then Steve Boom wins me the match by tossing him and his whole family up over the hill and blowing someone up. I win. Yeah, you gave away the ending. Yes, we should never give away the ending. You go, I always give and away then the oh, you have to find out. But, I always give uh, away the ending. I'm selfish that I, way. I may have uh, uh, Harry kills Dom, uh, Snape. No, Harry kills who? Oh yeah, Voldemort. Um, the I don't know who Harry kills. It's been a while. It's been a while. Harry kills um, You, you never read that book? I never read that book, and I never want to read that book. Um, so, uh, with me, I've been... Uh, what have you been playing this week? It's just all been Star Citizen. It's just been H1Z1. 
and some D&D bad rolls. Um, for me, I've been doing sweet fuck all because uh, work got crazy and I had to deal with a lot of things. So uh, I am taking some time off next week. So I'm just going to sit down and play Star Citizen until I go blind. What developer makes sweet fuck all? Um, sweet. I know. Uh, I can't say. Um, <laughs> so, so, sir, um, it's been an interesting, uh, well, somewhat interesting week, I'd say, for for Star Citizen. Um, we last week we got an awful lot more information about the Polaris. Yeah. Um, but uh, I'm really happy with that ship. Um, and also on uh, uh Ben's day, uh, with Nicky D'Angelo and Ben Lesnick. This week, they were actually talking about the Polaris again. I don't know if you caught any of that. Have you seen any of that I yet? did not. The only stuff I really caught on the Polaris were some brief mentions because they did the the special subscriber uh, edition of RTV Wednesday and mm. Sean Tracy and because uh, I'm so bad with names. <laughs> I only remember his for reasons, but the other two. Don't worry, we'll put we'll fix it in post um yes so what were they saying uh the one thing i heard about the polaris there they started talking about the torpedoes which of course perked my ears up and in the brochure it said size six but they're actually size 10 so that makes me scratch my head and go what are the actual size of the torpedoes then going to be on the retaliator because right now they're listed as size nine so how big are the tally torps and then from that, I can figure out how big the ones on the Polaris are because torpedoes are fun. Yes, no, absolutely. Um, I was actually interested with the with the uh, torpedo design because I actually thought that there would be four um, hatches to release the torpedoes, but there's actually only two. Yeah, I thought it'd be four as well. The way so it looks. it's a it's a dual fire, um, which is uh, <laughs> Starsick was saying that makes it one bigger, and Tom goes big. Um, so that makes it, uh, I think that'll be quite an interesting one, especially if there's, uh, any jams or damage, um, you, you have a greater chance of losing, uh, your, uh, your ability to fire. Uh, no, actually the, the thing that got me about the Polaris in, uh, uh, uh Ben's day, um, which is a fantastic, uh, uh, uh YouTube, uh, channel by Nikki, um, is that about the price now this isn't this is like you know the kind of conversation you have with people where you go yeah so i'm thinking of uh buying a cat uh but uh you know i've got to get a couple of things sorted out it may be some time and then everyone will come up to you afterwards and go oh i hear you've bought a cat and then you'll go uh no the fuck uh everybody kind of jumps to the end and assumes it's set in stone so what was being discussed was actually the cost of ships in game and uh some figures have been kind of conversationally bandied around and the idea is that say if you got the polaris in um in the sale yep. uh converting the value of it in game you've to what it would be kind of reasonably it would be about a 95% saving so uh, yeah so, so dollar to yeah. uec to buy ship not equivalent of dollar to ship so equivalent uh, would be so like about twenty million, um, but uh, obviously nothing's locked in. But they're looking at that level of exponentiality, 
Um, so uh, it would mean that uh, uh, you get it because it would be interesting because we always kind of wonder what the progression is going to be. Well, not always. I mean, I honestly don't care. They just want to play games and get shot at. Um, but the the idea of how long will it take the classic to get a Connie was sixty hours originally. Um, so it looks like they're still working on that. Um, oh. um, so it looks like they're still working on that. Um, but they're starting to. I, I'd imagine they've got like almost a fully working system. But uh, like every other system, they've got to hammer it and make sure they're one hundred percent confident before before it can kind of become locked in. But I thought that was just quite a nice thing. Um, I'm seeing strange people in chat. Hello, strange people. There are, but they're yeah. wonderful strange. Ich liebe dich. Oh my god. Um, did you really just read that out? I really just did. I'm a bad man. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, Blood says, uh, uh, Connie at 60 gameplay hours is only ever meant as an example. FYI, that was not to be t- taken as set in stone. Absolutely. Uh, that's the that's the kind of thing where somebody says something and suddenly it becomes fact, and we have to be mindful of that. It's only fact whenever it's actually formally announced. It's going to um, be an economic balancing game that's done later in the process of development yeah. because but, right yeah. now we don't have those mechanics. Yeah, but what we really want to talk about today is uh yes. what we saw in uh in the world of proc gen procedural 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 give me give me give me give me give me you know it's, it's like beetlejuice you only have to say it uh was it three times yeah procedural 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 there we go and now it's arrived or now it's, it hasn't arrived yet but my god is it looking sexy so uh in uh ATV uh this week uh yes. it was Frankfurt were um were showing uh, what they'd been do- doing and uh they 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 were just fucking amazing. Um Gracky's over to you. All right. So there's multiple different points to what they've been doing with procedural so far. There's the fact that they can procedurally create a world. Um there's the fact that they can procedurally generate stuff on the world. There's the fact that it's actually being called procedurally assisted now because they do an initial procedural generation to give all basically the, to make a world a lot easier on the artists. But then the artists have a whole bunch of tools that can do different painting levels at at a procedural size in zones almost uh, i think it was what they said was eight kilometer by eight kilometer zones essentially it's a paintbrush that's you know eight by eight mm-hmm. kilometers and you go draw and then you can create these zones of different almost um i'm trying to remember what they call them they're, they're almost biomes that's it yes yes So they generate different biomes this way. They showed off in ATV, and we'll start off with the biome talk. Um, They they showed the different types of biomes that they had. They had mountains, hills, grass hills, uh, you know, plains-type lands, and deserts. And all of these were different, uh, basically random generation paintbrush things where they could go into a landscape that had been procedurally generated with different... uh, hills and valleys to it in different areas mm-hmm. draw the brush around it and then boop, you have a desert just right there boop, just plants it in why because 
they wanted that to be a desert area on this planet. Mm. So it isn't an old desert world. It's a world that has an area that's desert. It looked quite nice. Now, you and I alluded to something in our really badly sunk sink. Um, but yes. before we before we go there, oh, the grass and the foliage, and it's just the beginning. That that bit, because I mean, they themselves, uh, as part of the homestead, had said, "Look, they wanted to put more um, uh, uh, foliage out," and. Uh, Oh, I see Grackies is doing stuff. But no, uh, they wanted to put more folio out, but they, they, they didn't. And then you saw the same kind of sweep. But as the sweep happened, you had the uh, the growing density of, 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 I would call it brush, as it were, the, mm-hmm. uh, the, 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 the low-hanging plants, the, low, the lowland plants. I don't know what I'm saying anymore. My mouth is broken. The plants that uh, basically cover um, grass and ground as normal. And it was fucking amazing yeah um that was the bit that actually got me uh but then of course they played um uh silly buggers with the sun they did they they showed how the planet rotates and how they can also move the sun versus the atmosphere they just kind of reached into the sky and there's like here's the sun move and we're just moving it around and the great thing with it is it's a the sun itself is a light source, much like it is in the real universe. Um, and as it would hit the atmosphere, it would create a different effect depending on how thick the atmosphere is, what the atmosphere diffuses for different light, or is it scatters, deflects? I can I think it's diffusion. Diffuse. Sounds but good. But it's how it scatters the light, so it can basically create a different color, and it was very much an Earth-like atmosphere, so as the sun went down against the horizon... Yeah. It created a sunset with the the way the reds, light looks. The reds and the oranges on the glows. It was like fuck. Yeah, it was a real sunset or sunrise, depending on which way they were. I mean, they dragged it down, so technically a sunset that way, but if the planet was spinning, you know, it could be either or. And yeah, yeah. with that, it gave it a very through the trees and this is in the three O video, but through the trees up over the mountains with that plains land look and the sun being there, it's like, oh, they're doing Lion King. Yeah, um, so uh Tobitej uh, uh, uh says those devs in Frankfurt love to play God in the verse, like pulling suns down. Um and I had to change my panties at least two times during ATV. Wow, that's that's possibly medical. You, you need to. Mm. Um, I just waited so, till it was done and then changed them. That's usually a better yeah. idea. <laughs> Don't even want to go there. Um, so from from that uh, that would that was epic. There, uh, there are mm-hmm. so many little things that would would were done and talked about in that. I mean, because they they showed because this was this was part one of uh, the 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 road for procedural planets so we got to see the early versions and things they were working on the initial proofs so you got to see these these basically lumps um and smooth surface lumps yes and and, no and it was like okay yeah and it was like this proves this proves the that we it's like is the world is the earth flat no we can curve it 
and then they kind of iterated up on that to different kind of levels. Uh, there's a few things I want to talk about, but what stood out for you? That was actually the the biggest thing. It was just September a year ago, September 2015. Mm-hmm. And the biggest thing that stood out for me, it wasn't like, there's so many different items, but there, there were two two different things that stood out for me, mostly from the development side. Well, three things. We'll, we'll get to the last one at the end, maybe, or maybe it's one of yours. Um, anyway, moving on. The first thing that stood out for me is just a year ago, they figured out how to make it so that you could enter the atmosphere and fly down to these worlds, that they didn't have to load you into the world zone, that it was existing and you could fly there. Yeah. They talked about it that just a year ago, they finally cracked the technology where, hey, guess what? These planets, it isn't actually like you load in and out, which is sort of... um I mean, to use another game example, Elite Dangerous, that's a trick they use in Elite. Mm. You, It's a zone. You load into the zone as you fly down to the planet. There's a little hiccup and hitch, and that, that hitch is actually you loading into the planetary zone to land. It isn't as completely seamless. They, they hide it, but it's Fair actually a separate server zone. Wow, I did not realize that at all. So that was a big thing. The fact that you could go in and out of the atmospheres, that the planet's a real existing object in space, that the planets can then be made to orbit and rotate and do things that planets do, that they built a real world out of this very, very early generation. And speaking of the generations, that was like their point one version. They, the point two is the stuff that we saw in all of these videos recently. They already said, at Frankfurt, they're on to version three. So they already are ahead by a version on the planetary tech to do more mm-hmm. with it than we have even seen, which means they have even more features for it and even more stuff they can do with it where we haven't seen those things yet. They're like, oh, yeah, and we're on version three now with the it's like I you just showed off version two and you're on. But oh, yeah. Version 2 was the demo to prove that that was solid tech and they could go ahead with features for V3. Mm, that that was that was bloody good. And and of course there will be obviously a V4 and and and, and so on. And that I am very eager to see. Um a couple of the things I saw were <laughs> sorry I'm just laughing uh Star Cycle saying realistic flat planets. Uh, <laughs> sorry, Discworld just... confirmed. <laughs> Um, there's a lot of talk about swimming, and I'll come to that in, in, in the chat. I'll come to that in a, in a, in a second. Uh, they they showed uh, like a, a like a example of a red planet. Um, we would think of all Macbeth as Mars, and it was an early uh, uh, procedure uh, procedural build. And as they kept flying down, the, I mean, because we saw all this kind of sexy stuff, but that was actually one of the things that blew me away. By the time we actually uh, kind of got close to the surface and everything was loading in and it just looked alien and majestic but also very relatable to me because even though it's a barren and featureless i instantly thought of mars mm-hmm. um and did you see the earth-like planet the one that they alluded to and briefly showed the continents of from a distance. Yeah, you could thing. see Italy. Um, yes. And now there's a couple of Waterworld jokes in chat because I think maybe uh, uh, some of the coastlines have changed. 
more power says, will there be an alien reactor on a red planet waiting to melt huge amounts of ice? I hope so. And it will be and it will be run by sandworms. The um so no, so the the planet Earth or Earth like, there's a cup I gave me a lot of thought there because were they actually secretly showing us parts of our solar system? I'm just not mentioning it. It's possible that See, no. uh, the planet with the trees and the water and the different mountains and stuff could be Mars now. Rawr. Because it's been terraformed. Well, now, see, now we have to be very careful because we're now we're, we're now at the crossroads of hypothetical junction. Um, That's why I said could be, could be. Uh, the but here's 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 a question I want to ask you, and this is not so. This is part of proc gen, but this is also part of how do we, um, how do we manage the uncanny valley for Earth? Because if you if you think about it. Now, I don't want to go into spoilers um, about what the Visigoths got up to, um, but if you if you if you think about it, how can you accurately represent a planet which we know nominally like the back of our hand, even if you cast it into the future? Uh, can I, you know, can I go to say Scotland or can I go to? uh you know uh santa monica in america it, on a procedurally generated earth they're probably earth is probably going to be one of those ones with very restricted airspace where trying yeah. to get there you're going to be redirected or shot down <laughs> yeah uh broken is asking does uncanny valley exist for inanimate objects yeah uh, well, uh, no one kind of well, a psychological effect. It's well, yeah, actually, you're right. I'm totally misused that. It's the they can't re well, they they could try to represent it, but could, I don't I don't think they could represent it as perfectly as it would need to be for it to be accepted. It's not. So yeah, it's good call bro broken on. That. Oh, actually, I'd say Uncanny Valley is appropriate for Earth to talk about as yeah. the planet because we see Earth as almost a living object very much i mean we call it things like mother earth so we've sort of given the planet its own mother earth, father son um it, it's 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 got a personality to it it's got features and uh, uh, sort of this living ebb and flow and we've given it life even though it's just an object with life on it we we've We've defined it as almost a living thing all so, in of itself. So, so yeah, there is, is a valley there a little bit. Earth is a is a real doll. Maybe to very specific tree huggers. Mm. Um. So yeah, uh, Broken says maybe that's why they baked in the whole sea level change, so it's not the same now, possibly. But this is again the hypo hypothetical was that Earth. Um, what I it could easily be that because it is the the grandfather of uh, planets, the cradle of the humanity, that it could, as you say, be heavily restricted. So there will only be certain places you can land and go. And um, what the devs have talked about in the past, we've heard New York, mm -hmm. we've heard New London. York, London, Berlin, I think, and Moscow. Um, 
Um, I think they said Moscow in the past. The gang Australia is overlooked. Maybe Australia is all just caught on fire finally. Oh, yes. Actually, Overrun no. by drop bears. Oh, no, there's just one giant spider covering all of Australia, and it's just there waiting. You know. <coughs> you know. As you fly you, by it, it says, how do I shot web? Well, yeah, but no, the other, it's it's like, we just hope, we hope there's Australians left because if it's run out of food, we're fucked. <laughs> um, uh, so, but it could also equally be um, uh, 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 a, a Visigoth Halo Reach moment, in which case what's better, um, uh, Terror Earth will be ultimately answered. But we'll see how that goes. The answer will still be Earth by rebuilding it from taking all the resources without their consent from Terra back to Earth to rebuild it. Well, no, it's like everybody could have necklaces, a souvenir of Earth, and it's just a piece of glass. The um, oh, ho, 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 I see what you did there. Uh, still better than that plague-ridden, infested crap hole called Terra. <sighs> just because we have culture, dear boy. Um, so the uh so that so that was one thing that got me thinking about um what they could be doing with that uh they're actually also now i think this week i think they're looking at uh uh, uh was it uh procedural generation of cities for art core they talked about that uh also at citizen con they yeah alluded to they, they when they were showing how they could procedurally generate painting on the rocks and they're mm. just like we can do this with you know trees and rocks and water and cities and it was just this little hey 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 mm, mm, mm. yes although i suspect that every third block they'll they'll have a toilet and a shower um as is tradition um, suicide booths Oh, now that was was that Futurama? Yes. Nice, because I was mixing that up with the Woody Allen um one, but it's the Nagasmatron, uh, no sleeper. Anyhow, I need to. I yeah, I've gone a bit wrong. I if I got that confused in real life, I would be <laughs> really upset. No, you wouldn't. Well, either or. Um. Uh. Yeah. No. So in terms. One of the th I, I'm looking forward to that, um, but have you seen anything else? What, what else took your fancy this week? Oh my god! Um, one of the biggest things th this is this is one of the things that really, really, really impressed me. It was not only the fact that we saw procedural generation go from infancy to these mm. just sort of lumpy, no texture objects to getting texture to getting lumpy, no texture is my middle name. <laughs> all right well played thank you it's mine too i guess we're mm. brothers from different mothers i don't know how that yeah that worked that still works um so go on tell us the big thing was when they were showing us the number of objects that they have to generate across a planet and how this works with a graphics card 
and typically what that is is it shows this small camera area and it draws the object out and that object is in 32-bit precision because it has to go to the graphics card is 32-bit because graphics cards still run 32-bit which i actually didn't know that's how they took information in that uh i'm hoping that architecture is changing soon yeah just to kind of now you 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 are in this area uh, a much smarter person than me so look at me and understand that um i'm a bit backwards can you can you kind of unpack this and what it actually mm-hmm. kind of means to the layman okay so to break this down uh 32-bit is a way of processing information uh you don't get as many numbers in a series of numbers out of that information you don't get as much information through 64 bit you get volumes exponentially more Hmm. so it's like having a one gallon bucket and a hundred gallon bucket and you've got you know so many gallons of water to fill that one gallon is going to take you forever to do that you want the hundred gallon bucket as long as you can move it around the thing is the graphics if you've got the flu can the graphics card only has a hole that can take in that one gallon bucket. Don't so use those words. You carry, me. you carry over the hundred gallons, and it won't fit as it is. Okay. So what they've figured out how to do is take that that essentially a square peg and fit it through a round hole. They've taken sixty-four bit. They've managed to take that sixty-four, convert it into a series of 32-bit information that can then be sent to the graphics card so you get the object on screen streamed in where it needs to be at the right time without making your computer scream and die in a fire. That's pretty fucking epic, actually. And they do that across entire planets. And as the planets rotate with all this information in, they figured out how to basically take it where you're flying in and say, this is the information you need as you're going there. Everything else, ignore it, because otherwise the computer will scream in horrible pain trying to give all of this to you. Just Mm. this piece of info, because this is all you need to know about. So as you fly down, it feeds that info in, and you get to see all your pretty, pretty mountains and trees and deserts and oceans and... So, yeah. That's bloody, bloody good. Um, anything else in the procedural that you want to cover off? Because there was, it was such, it was so dense. And I know this is like one part of a multi-series. The tools. Oh my God, yes, the tools. Uh, So, is this when they were, by this you mean they're adding the, oh crap, hang on, yes. Uh, So this is when you're adding like the texture maps. The texture maps and the ability to draw across a planet, change all of the surface of the planet, to combine different types of cryengine tools together into, here's procedurally generated, now go ahead and play with it. So, so now I'm going to tell you what I thought I saw, and then you can tell me how right or wrong I was. Uh, I, I saw... What looks, I don't want to say like a mesh or anything like that, but it was literally just like a top, uh, uh, a text. Um, um, a, what kind of what kind of map would you call it when with all the colors that they they picked on? That was a mesh. How would you? That was a mesh. 
Okay, so they have a mesh. And you um, were looking at the texture bump maps, I believe, the was the, yeah. the weird color squares. Exactly, yeah. yeah those, so Those were I, the texture yeah, maps. Yeah, I want to call it like a topographical texture map, but equally, it doesn't necessarily uh, reflect uh, exactly how it's going to look. It's just kind of like the basis. Um, and what it is, it's almost like a broken up, it's a square broken up into different colors. Um, but it's kind of like, uh, imagine if you say you see a mountain range and you see there's snow on the top and there's vegetation at the, underneath, at the bottom and there's kind of uh, the mountain exposed in the middle. And, and imagine you would take something like that and you were to flatten it out. You would then have all those kind of shapes and wiggly patterns on there because it was organic looking. Uh, but each of those had like a paint by numbers color um, key. And the, instead of saying like one, two, three, and you, you look up the chart and you say blue is number one, uh, you you had the just the kind of the color blue, red, and green. I think there was another one, but I was just so yeah, it's it's by. it's, it's a general uh, Mammon Lord had it right. It's it's no, technically it's the UV map. UV map. That's and it. it's. It's something that's actually used in CryEngine right now, just not to yeah. the scale. It's how they actually create, like, a a grassy ground pattern. So it yeah. looks like, you know, little bits of leaves on the ground, and you've got crisscross bits of grass, even yeah. though it's flat. And then as you go up a hill, it looks a little bit more grass-like until you kneel down real close and you yeah. go, oh, it's just flat. Yeah. Um, so with that, uh, they were able just to kind of select the color they want that they want to work on, and then they could load in a a, a TIFF file to uh, represent that texture. Yep. Fuck yes. Yep. You can do that right now in CryEngine. I've done that. It's actually one of the the first things really? when you first start learning CryEngine. That's how you load textures into the ground. Oh, I didn't know that. And you actually can kind of paint the ground with those textures, but it's on a much, much, much smaller scale. That's the thing is a CryEngine map right now is about the same size as what they paint out at a planetary scale in one shot. It's essentially they're painting out a CryEngine sized level every time they use that tool that's so it's like cryengine level cryengine level cryengine that's the size um, of that's how it's 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 ingenious how they did it i can kind of see how they did that it's like oh cryengine size map level let's just apply it to the whole thing and then you could i could see how they could maybe like take cryengine and trick it into accepting that and then utilizing their new rewritten engine they can just do that over and over again across it and it just generates multiple levels as individual zones that they're painting across a planet that are then all pulled together as hey this is just the planet but when you're it's painting it nice. it just tricks it now i don't know if this is 100 accurate but do you remember the homestead do you know how far they traveled mm -hmm. and on the homestead demo when they kind of traveled on the ground do you know how far that was mm on the ground i i can't remember because there was a distance shown at one point when he looked back from the I javelin think, to no. where he landed and it wasn't too far it was only six kilometers i think i think it was about eight kilometers yeah it was just about that um uh now and then because i saw a picture and they somebody did a zoom out and then you saw that eight kilometers in representation of the planet yeah it, as blood says eight yeah, that's exactly it, Broken Matt. They traveled Skyrim. The whole world of Skyrim is eight kilometers. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah. Yeah, they that's if you ever wanted to have your mind boggled properly, that's an example of how you can boggle your mind in terms of what they're what they're doing. And we're gonna have planet after planet after planet mm. of this size, which is why it's like this is why it will take so long for us to get these planets, but uh -huh. they're improving their tool set so much that they can produce them faster, make them look even better, and still give us this level of and everybody drink fidelity. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna So uh Actually, in chat, just as a kind of, because we did talk about some numbers previously, uh, Desync says, didn't they say 32-bit positioning is less accurate the further you go out or something? 64-bit allows them to be more precise in positioning of objects. Well, yes, because what was happening mm -hmm. is, if you remember in Arena Commander, before they uh, kind of transitioned over, if you got to the edge of the boundary, um, if you were to, I, it was pretty much, I think you, you could fly kind of normal-ish, but if you were to look down at your hands, your hands would start to shake or there would be kind of positioning issues. What was actually happening is that it's not just kind of measuring yourself. It's measuring yourself to the center point of the map. Uh, and by going that far out on the edge, um, things started to fuck up. If you remember, and this is a very common thing, because if you remember playing Fallout 3 and you went to the edge of the map and you started to come against an invisible barrier, um, uh, and that's when all the death claws would come because they were there to kill you, to stop you being a fuck. Um, yep. It's the same thing. That was their mechanism for coping. So by going to 64-bit, <coughs> it means that you can now have vast, vast, and I mean add all the zeros, um, distances, but you'll still have millimeter pinpoint accuracy uh, from the center point of whatever place you're in uh, because of that 64-bit ability. So, um, oh, great. Thank you, Photon. Uh, Photon says, I hear there's a drinking game going on, so fidelity, 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 fidelity. One second. No, four seconds. Three, four. He's going over four. He did a little extra for you, chat. Oh, I didn't know four Minecraft listeners. did that. <laughs> is there an end to Minecraft? Um, there is. You can so fall outside of the world power and die. Says, so, so, sorry? In Minecraft, you can fall outside of the world and die. Ah. There are boundaries. Um, so, more power says, so they will have those uh, vast areas and it will be empty. I will just take it will just take longer to get from one mission to the other. I don't get it. Dun, dun, dun. It won't be empty is the thing. It'll have they plan on having not just flora, but fauna. Fauna is going to be a part of it, which means that you could end up on a world with hostile fauna with uh, possibly, you know, scavenger races or scavenger roving bands of humans that might attack you might get jumped anywhere in the world they can with the subsumption stuff what they could set up is not just space-based uh what are they called um essentially events where it's it's a live not a live event but essentially it's like uh in a, a random encounter yeah that's it 
it where it would be a space-based random encounter say you're you're doing a shipping mission you decide to take a different route and you get jumped by pirates because they happen to be in the area well on planets they could do the same thing so that they could have random encounters occur so going place to place may not be just a open empty ride at first it'll probably be a lot of that but as they bring more and more tech online we're not going to see moments where it's you know always just empty boring stuff they want us to have events Uh, yes uh now are we talking right now about land or space both or both one of the things to think about is that when we have spulch, proper spulch, we'll have, yeah, the sherry's not kicking in at all. Um, we'll have um, trading lanes, as it were. So the idea is that uh, certain paths that are, I mean, nominally, it's like, you know, when you're walking across a road uh, or you're walking down somewhere and you see that instead of going in the uh, arranged area there's that kind of worn piece of grass that everyone walks on and that's the shortcut uh that's kind of how it's probably going to be you've got the regular path that people take and then you've got the shortcut but the shortcut doesn't have traffic lights um so you're going to have the uh spaces where there'll be high density people and 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 people to interact with and then you'll have a slightly off the beaten path be higher risk and maybe unknown events and objects um so that could be damn cool um hey underscore how are you oh yes fly now because we're still we're still um in the free fly right now aren't we uh that's a different command if it's been set up it should be exclamation point free fly uh see is it set up lols Oh, it still says um, summer. Someone didn't update that. Bad people. All those mods. Good on you, underscore. Um, holy shit, I've just read the most amazing sentence from Photon Wolf. Uh, he's saying to you, that's because Mr. Whispers is an old Japanese man with a tentacle fetish. <laughs> I guess you'd have to have listened to the pre-show, or been here for the pre-show to fully understand that. Oh no, that wasn't even in the pre-show. Oh my god, what have you been doing? That was uh, the board game night with Captain Flint when we played Betrayal at House on the Hill when we were in California. I'm I'm still on the Battlestar Galactica one. I haven't finished that. That one isn't up yet, but Mr. Whispers was the little teddy bear for a little girl that I played. And uh, uh, yeah, just when it comes out, watch it and you'll, you'll see. Mr. Whispers, that's a fantastic name for anything um so uh yeah so i forgot what i was talking about uh help i forgot what you were talking about also i was talking about how awesome uh uh, 32 point to 64 point oh that's right and we were also talking about death claws and then what uh, anything else that took you from this week i i've lost my train of thought now I have so bad. Okay, ADHD, we've been broken. Now, this is going to be a bloody great for the edit. Hello, everyone. Um, oh, we were talking about random encounters. That's right. We were talking about the random encounters. There we go. Um, so yeah, it was. It we were talking about how you were talking about space, big empty space, traffic light versus the unbeaten yes. path. Yes, yes, yes. And I can imagine the same being for planets as well. 
Yes. Precisely. That's that's where it was going with it, where you can have the safe trails that you can take, and mostly they'll probably be safe, and then you can go off the beaten path, and it might be a faster route, but who knows what might be lurking in those dark, dark woods. Mm. Um, now, what will be interesting... Uh, <laughs> there's, another, there's another thought that I'm sure they're already working on, uh, but if you looking at the procedural uh, demos, we've we've seen a crashed cutlass, and mm-hmm. we've seen um, uh, a poor poor javelin uh, having seen the worst. But uh, I wonder what it would be like to. Oh my god! Imagine you could crash land on the planet or land and not be able to take off again, then have to signal your beacon, and then have such and rescue come for you. Fuck. Yeah. So, and not only will they have to come for you, if you're in an area where flying isn't safe, like they showed off in the video, like you crashed mm-hmm. in an area where the atmosphere is too much, they might not just have to land and come for you. They might have to land a ways away and then send a rover to come and get you or tell you to walk your ass over to them. I need some, I need some gas. Well, there's a, there's a station six, six kilometers down the road there. Um, uh, mm. Just uh, go over the mountains of terror, across the sand pit, uh, the sand pits of doom, through the cave of lollipops, and then out the other side uh, into the plains of death. Wait, the caves of lollipops? Oh yeah, but, yeah. Be careful in there; it's pretty nasty. <laughs> but now that's actually there's a there's a couple of things because um, when we uh, and actually Wikipedia says that javelin needed a single aurora stuck in the ship's bridge. Yes. Um, if you remember when they played um uh, basket go ball basket god with the sun, and they made it disappear and everything got dark. Yes, that's something that nowadays uh, our our civilizations have strived to uh, remove the darkness from our lives, and uh, only when you're away from the city and away from tr- any lights or any kind of roads of community proper country as it were mm-hmm. does the darkness come and it just reminds you of how fucking dark it's going to be oh yeah uh when night hits and that that could have some good play shall we say or a big bright moon yeah that could or be really big, cool looking too a, a nice bright moon would maybe very nice but it will be very dark um the one other thing I saw, which I was greatly impressed, and this may just be me being very simple, but I just love the idea, is uh, now the the weather patterns and everything, you can trigger and run as events right now in CryEngine, mm-hmm. but they are using that system to bake it in so it will be uh, programmatic. So it, uh, planets will have their own um, weather systems and all that kind of good stuff. But they looked at the um, sandstorm that they created, and it was uh, three sprites. Yes. Fucking hell. They were able to loop them in such a way that you didn't see a repeating pattern, and they didn't look chunky or uh, like they were like they were in any sort of repeat. You didn't see those stutters that sometimes you could get. The, what were they volumetric sprites i don't know 
I can't remember say. the term, but they did some, they say. have some really nice tricks that they've learned in order to generate things. I think they use similar sprites for explosions in what they've shown when they showed that, mm. that fireball explosion cloud video before, and you saw the smoke all billow out. It looked very similar to that style, except they did a sandstorm with it yeah. and just on a much bigger scale. Now, what really kind of, now I loved that, but what really made me go like um, uh, Velociraptors, you know, attacking you from the side, and you go, "Ah, clever girl," is the uh, the bit where when the sandstorm hit, you are no longer in the sandstorm. Do you remember that bit? I don't remember that off the top of so my head. So you had particles and effects hit you. Oh, that's and right, obscured, they... and it hit your vision. But that wasn't the sandstorm. That was just another thing, uh, uh, just a thing they put on for your vision. But it was completely immersive. You didn't actually realize they had done that until they said it, and it was like, "Fuck!" That's yeah, that's right. If you're within this zone, do this effect on your character to make it appear as if you're inside the. And then, if you tried to th do a third-person camera, you'd just see sandstorm, so you wouldn't be able to tell either way. Yeah, it was, and it was such a beautiful transition. That, I think, I mean, that, I know there's been tons of little jaw drop moments, but that was one that just made me go, fuck yes. Very, it's some very well stuff. Um, so, uh, Broken has, uh, uh, yeah, Waka says, in no way I could tell they did that when it happened. I totally agree with you. That was just wild. Uh, Broken Matt says, uh, 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 good question. Is is reflected light off other bodies in game? Uh, big bodies like moons, I mean. Well, it reflects off things like uh, Portolisar. Hmm. Technically, the light source does reflect, so, I mean, I don't know how well it would reflect off of a moon and how much light it would generate. They'd probably have to play with it, but I believe it reflects off other surfaces, so I don't see why it wouldn't reflect off of a moon. Yeah, but um, um, talking of, yeah, yeah it, it. I mean, I could see it being close if it's not there already, but it, I'm yeah. speculating. Um, more power. Just talking about uh, the sandstorm says that's literally modern smoke and mirrors. Um, yeah. beautifully done. But see, now what's interesting is smoke and mirrors is typically phrased as something that uh, they they do because people do something because it's not real. But that is actually. Uh, just intelligence in um, in how to approach it, and I think it was lovely. I mean, that's uh, a proper use of smoke and mirrors because smoke and mirrors was uh, originally it's how you did effects for things like yeah. movies. You would oh. use smoke and mirrors. Oh, that's a fair point. Yeah, and for illusion tricks and stage shows, you would use smoke and mirrors. So it okay, became that makes a negative, sense. but it it was it's actually originally it's a positive thing. It's how you disguise stuff. It's how you did your special effects. So yeah. people just spun it, it into negative because that was what illusionists would do to trick people. It, it's how when I attend meetings, I, I actually look awake. Smoke and mirrors. Mm, yes. You have a pipe uh, and, you know, mirrors on the eyeglasses. That would be an HR issue. Um, Nebelheim. Oh, no, I want to pronounce your name right because it's so cool. Nebelheim. Nebelheim? Nebelheim? Nebelheim. Nebelheim. I'm feeling very Nibelheim right now. I wonder what's in the kitchen. Um, in the 
basketball sun demo, you could see the moon getting a crescent. That's a set for a dirty joke. So it's already in. Um, I got so, a full yeah, moon during that demo. Sorry, what, what? I said I got a full moon during that demo. You know, I'm at one, I'm editing that out, but two, I'm going to use it somewhere. Um, yeah. Um, so, uh, Grackies, I think, do we have anything else to cover? The last thing I wanted to say is, for the love of God, developers, please give us all those tools so that we can do the next great star system. Give us, like, four procgen created planets preset. Those are the planets we can use, or we we are using, and then the tools that can work with CryEngine so that we, when we can finally use that stuff for modding, give yeah. us those, and then let us play with the planets and build planets, and then you could, you know, use that to put them in somewhere in in, in the corner. That would actually be pretty damn cool. Um, oh my god, that would be beyond awesome. Um, I suspect that may not happen. Uh, not because... for a while. Especially as the tools are continually being developed, it's not finished. So, uh, anything imagine it happens, you wouldn't, you would anything that came out couldn't be used until until the things became finalized or until they took it over. Um, like with the next great starship. Yes. Um, yeah. So, Gracky's my king of deep throat. Uh, <laughs> where can we find you? You can find me on twitch.tv slash grakies, G-R-A-K-E-E-S, as well as Twitter and YouTube under the name Grakies. Just look me up there. You can also apparently find me in born videos according to that name. <laughs> I'll say no more. Uh, and you can find me at twitch.tv slash dubrafakry. That's D-O-U-B-L-A-R-T-H-A-C-K-E-R-Y. And I'm on Twitter on that as well. So pop around and say hi. And with that, uh, we'll see you next time. Take care, everyone. Bye. If you like what you hear, please feel free to follow us. The links are in the description. Also, give us a review on iTunes. Good, bad, it doesn't matter. Just share what you think. Yes, yes, we will take all of your thoughts. All of them will become our own. And tell your friends. <laughs> <laughs>